0: Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup episode 43 for the week ending Monday, February 8th. This is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugu and back from inspiring the world on stage last week is my co-host on the show, the homie Tefumukhapi. How you doing, mate?
1: I'm cool,
0: man. I'm cool. How are you? Hey, I'm chilling, bruh. I'm chilling. Uh, give us a quick report back, you know. Ask the people. We the people just want to know, you know, what you are up to. It. Uh, is it Who Are We?
1: Yeah, it's not the phone. It's Who Are We, not who are we. But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a quite interesting initiative started by Mulefi so who's the bassist for African fusion rock band, if I can call it that, so Black Jacks. So he started this initiative because he travels quite a bit and he thought that what he's picked up with South Africans that we don't interact culturally with other cultures that come from outside the country and we sort of look down on them, which is not right. So he started this thing amongst artists and he thought it would be good to also have non-artists like ourselves to come and talk about it.
0: Yeah, and I believe you guys. Regard- we're talking about you guys being uh, the folks at iAfrican, talking about the Report Xenophobia campaign and what what we're learning from the data you guys have collected. What are we learning?
1: Interesting things. We're learning that, uh, firstly, there weren't that many murders. What happened was that there was a lot of exaggeration. So with news media… One murder happens. One news. One media house will talk about it. The next one will talk about it. So you get a lot of amplification.
0: Almost, almost sounding like different murders, but it's the same thing. But because the different spins on the same story, it sounds bigger and it sounds like more things than it. Ha- it sounds like more things are happening than are in fact happening.
1: Exactly. I mean, uh, one example, and, and not to say that one person passing away is not a, is, is, is is better. I mean, one life lost is too many. But a good example was that of uh, Mido Masia in, in Alexandra. Who was stabbed I mean, That story I think ran for We picked up reports Because we also scraped the web for news We picked up so many reports That if you were not careful You would think that Different Mozambicans Passed away over that period But yeah it was quite interesting And you were on TV again this week
0: Dude man I'm, I'm not doing it on purpose I promise <laughs> Basically I was being interviewed About security on social media I mean last week There was a big story A politician in South Africa uh, You know apparently posted Some semi-nude pics On his profile file and uh and blamed it on the I- I- internet <laughs> not really but blamed it on uh hacking and and so the question was how safe are our social accounts was it in fact a hack what is the probability that it was a hack, that it wasn't? And, and what can people do to protect themselves? So, yeah, it's pretty cool. And by the way, everybody, if you haven't checked out Report Xenophobia and the awesome work they're doing, please go check them out um, at reportxenophobia.com. I think you guys are also on uh, on Twitter, right? It's an important initiative. I think it's worth plugging. Uh, where can people find you on social?
1: On Twitter, it's at xenophobia info. That's simple.
0: Fantastic. And if you care even slightly about <laughs> internet security, and you can find a link to that interview on on our twitter at african roundup and uh you know check it out otherwise if you're joining us for the first time uh, we're glad you finally made it <laughs> uh, find all our previous episodes at africantechroundup.com and if you're so inclined follow us on twitter and instagram our handle on both platforms is at african Roundup and of course on Facebook uh, we are facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. Now we'll be getting into the week's news in a minute but first this week's episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash African Tech. With over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Now, curious to know how the wheels turn at the world's most valuable company? Well, that's depending whether Apple actually toppled them this morning or not. It seems they're, they're trading places the last few days. But in any case, we're talking about Google. A great book called How Google Works, written by Eric Schmidt, Jonathan Rosenberg, and Alan Eagle, is out. Just click through to audibletrial.com slash Tech for your free audiobook now with that said it's on to the news well done to al jazeera for launching an app and more than that well done to them for giving that launch a spin that they knew would get us talking now apparently al jazeera media network's new audio app promises to give users in low bandwidth regions access to live audio streaming presumably at uh, data levels that suit their pockets.
1: It depends. I mean, this is subjective. Uh, what is suit their pocket and it depends how much budget that person has for airtime. So I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit confused. Who is Al Jazeera trying to target? Who watches Al Jazeera for starters?
0: Well, I watch Al Zero. I tend to like their brand of reporting. But again, uh, I'm probably not the core market they're trying to target here because I can watch them online at any time and uh, bandwidth isn't an issue for me. Uh, presumably, they're trying to target people who would have a harder time accessing them because of the inhibitive cost of accessing uh, audiovisual content on your smartphone. So I have no idea who they're trying to speak to. And I wonder what sort of technology they're promising through this app that will somehow make it, you know, take me from... A person who couldn't access completely to someone who can watch them every day.
1: I I don't think you even need a low bandwidth app, as they call it, to do that. This is more a marketing thing. So they need to, if you want to access people who weren't watching you previously, you need to market to them. So you need to have a spin on it for them to come on. Are these people looking at Al Jazeera currently and say, whoa, they launched a new app that's going to cost less to watch Al Jazeera news on? I doubt it.
0: Well, and then it makes me think back to. a chat I had with Joe Crawshaw talking about Opera's attempts to to basically bring internet access to uh, much of the world's populations by all these technologies that seem to that are able to sort of shrink um, the media we consume via our smartphones into uh, bite-sized portions that don't cost as much. I don't know if those if, if any of that kind of stuff is at play here. Like you say, it's just a. a they just managed to get us to talk about it. Well done, Al Jazeera.
1: Yeah, it's, it's all marketing. It's all trying to get everybody's attention, put a spin to it. Because if they launched just an app, nobody would be talking about it.
0: Well, moving along then to Uganda now, where a company called Kiira Motors Corporation is making very good use of the country's sunny disposition. They've reportedly launched a solar-powered bus.
1: Yeah, it's quite commendable. I mean, this, this bus apparently has solar panels on the roof and... Allows the bus to go for 80 kilometers or about eight hours of driving time. So this is quite commendable, given that uh, East Africa is pretty, pretty warm and Uganda is pretty warm. And their winters are still a bit sunny as well.
0: Yeah, man. Apparently, 35 passengers can roll in this thing at something like 80 kilometers per hour. That's pretty dope, right? Like you're rolling in the sun powered by the sun it's pretty good that's pretty cool
1: no it is and and i see that uh president m7 or Museveni is his government name is will be launching it as he becomes the president for the umpteenth time but that's a story for another day
0: yes well <laughs> it seems this is definitely on his itinerary uh and rightly so i mean this is an excellent innovation well done uganda for for keeping it home grown and doing things that uh you know uh, will no doubt affect very positively the lives of the average Ugandan. So look out, February 16th, apparently at Kampala Serena Hotel. President Museveni will be out there giving you guys handshakes and <laughs> hopefully some startup. I'm kidding. Uh, hopefully, um, some, some good pats on the back as well.
1: Yeah, it's just to make him look good in the people's eyes now that he's president again. So yeah. But the bus is commendable given that it's locally produced.
0: I mean, to be fair, I mean, it's great that the president's giving this one a nod. Well done. I mean, yeah, you know, shame. Okay.
1: <laughs> he must step down.
0: Hi, well, okay. <laughs> now, just over a month after Netflix went global, yet another African video on demand service has bitten the dust, folks. This time it's a company called VD. I think the fact that we sort of have to say a company called VD says something about how very little traction companies like vd actually got um and uh, it's a south african company owned by the times media group and guess what they're blaming their downfall on a lack of traction
1: <laughs> that's yeah i don't understand companies that blame their downfall on a lack of customers should rather be blaming yourself because who's supposed to get traction
0: yeah it's a bit rough though i mean how many subscribers do you think the average vod service needs to be viable though I don't know. I mean, it
1: depends on their cost structure, how much it, it costs them to bring the service up and to maintain it monthly. But uh, I think most of them are not well thought out, like the Altec node, which we covered, which also fell apart. I don't think they they saw the trends. So this is a problem of doing research based on research papers and not talking to customers. I think they saw the trends that VOD is going to happen, that data prices are coming down, that Netflix is picking up, which was a good trend for everybody. And they jumped in. But yeah.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the Altec Node, a hardware device that was meant to house the, uh, services like VD, which are now failing. I suppose uh, the, more, the more companies like them succeed, the more incentive for, uh, for other sort of innovators to create hardware devices. There's a mate of yours who, create, who, who, who made, uh, was it the, the Android PC or something like that?
1: Yeah, but that's a Chinese one. So this is an Android PC. Well, it's Android, but modified to like be a very robust PC. And it's a very small device. I think they sell it. in Zimbabwean, by the way. They they sell it for about $70 retail. And all you need is to plug in USB keyboard and USB mouse. You can obviously use that as a media center at home because it's Android. So you can load your Netflix. You can load all the VOD app VOD apps that you run or the music apps that you run and play it off your TV.
0: Well, the one thing you won't be able to load is VD because <laughs> their struggles are coming to an end, and that leaves three major South African VOD players and a handful of others still fighting for market share. Um, the three biggies would be MTN View, you know, that uh, formerly known as Front Row, and then there's Naspers with their Showmax product, and then PCCW Globals on Tap. TV, which are currently... I I, I bumped into some of their salespeople in in my local mall, trying to get me on their service. Good luck uh, to all of them, really. Good luck. It's a tough sell.
1: You need to have uh, bucket loads of money to wait out subscriber
0: onboarding. Basically, Naspers type money, is what you're saying.
1: We'll see how Showmix goes.
0: (laughs) Okay, well... (laughs) Staying with South African news, uh, Naspers, again, featuring in this particular story, is there, there an internet service called MWeb that's uh, owned by Naspers, actually owned by MultiChoice, which is owned by Naspers, uh, is putting all its bits on online sales channels. Uh, they've, they've announced their plans to close their brick-and-mortar stores around South Africa. It's only five stores, but uh, significant news, I think, uh, uh, a sign of the times, I guess.
1: Too late, man. They should have closed these maybe late 90s, mid-2000s because nobody – let me ask you, when last did you go to a store to buy Internet access?
0: Well, let me put it this way. The last time I was an MWeb customer, um, and I I can't speak for the the, the level of the the, the quality of the service now, but certainly they they had a much more uh, dominant position in the market at the time, and their service was horrendous. And I think it was around about that time when they launched the store's it was a nightmare. We certainly didn't have this trend to um automation around um ISP services or ISP sort of uh ISP interface online. Uh and so then I mean you really had to pick up the phone if you had an issue and all that kind of stuff. And they were horrendous. And it came as a relief that you could actually, you know, go to your local mall and and get a problem solved. Um, but I, I left because it just got ridiculous. The the service got nuts. Um, I'm assuming that their service online has improved drastically, and they, of course, um, they've also announced that they want to concentrate on fiber to the home and, um, and all their plans and all the products around that trend. So I don't know. I don't see anybody weeping over this one.
1: No, definitely. I think they've been making losses for some years. I don't know. Don't know the financial results, but
0: yeah. They wouldn't close something that was doing well, basically.
1: Definitely not.
0: Interesting news given what we're hearing from the states, rumors from the states um, that Amazon could be considering rolling out an entire chain of stores. Of course, they've got pop-ups here and there, but this news that they could be rolling out into like 300 stores across North America is crazy news. I I don't know if there's any incentive for successful companies. Do you think any incentive for successful web-based businesses to go offline in that way?
1: The only – scenario yeah the only scenario that i can think of amazon opening books physical bookstores is if they have like a huge uh, backlog of physical books that they need to move real quick before they deteriorate in quality i'm sure they've got the warehouse where they are kept in like conditions where they can last as long as possible but the only use case or the only way i can see amazon opening bookstores is if they need to move a large amount of physical books very quickly
0: Yeah, for everyone else, if you're doing well online, uh, I see very little, personally, see very little incentive for you to move offline. Well, if you think any different and you're going to be one of those people who miss MWeb stores, all five of them, (laughs) well, let us know, (laughs) South Africa. And uh, staying with South Africa, a quick update on South Africa's efforts to launch digital terrestrial television. Now, this is a process that's been fraught with delays and uh it's interesting given that that um very quietly this past week um quote unquote dual illumination very fancy sort of technical speak uh was made possible Uh, basically that's just a, a process that allows broadcasters to finally launch commercial digital services good news i guess yeah, it's good
1: news. Uh, we missed the deadline, so this is good news. And it also, I mean, people like it's opened up for people like um, NASPERS again for like the third time this show. NASPERS owned uh, GoTV to launch as well. their digital terrestrial decoders, which can be used to view the national broadcaster's uh, content as well.
0: I wonder how um, VOD, current VOD players that are purely online are going to respond to this. Do you see any of them thinking, hey, maybe let's bundle a service and take and and take advantage of of this digital access we have, unprecedented digital access we have into South African households. Do you see, uh, on Tap TV or uh, or MTN's View sort of, deciding to bundle, a product uh, to take advantage of this device?
1: A good case study in that is, uh, iroko TV. So they were purely online, then they experimented with mobile. Then currently they're partnering, as we, as you spoke about on last week's episode, with people like Canal Plus selling content to them. They've already done East African deals with uh, GoTV, surprising enough. So I only see that as a short to medium-term strategy to raise awareness of your online services. But I see the long-term strategies for your VOD services still being online.
0: Well, in countries like South Africa and in many other parts of Africa where public broadcasting is still highly legislated, I, st- I see this as a probably a medium term play still, given how access or you know blanket access to the nation is still limited to to public broadcasters.
1: No, definitely that's what I say. So, to medium term, so it's to raise awareness, get the people hooked on your content, they see the brand, and as they earn more, they'll probably start downloading your app, viewing you online, and hopefully they hope ditch the the terrestrial TV. Hmm.
0: All right. Well, to Zimbabwe now, where Econet has launched its homegrown version of what kind of, sort of, seems to be almost like maybe (laughs) internet.org. And they're calling it Ruzio. Now, Ruzio is an online digital learning platform. And Interesting, they've got uh, government on board with this, with the Ministry of Primary and Secondary Education, um, giving this a nod, uh, a full endorsement. Um, it's essentially a, a learning portal um, that uh, is going to be zero-rated, but uh, I think getting signed up will initially cost a little something. This is great news, right, I think?
1: It is great news. It is zero-rated, but funny enough that our government allows something that, well, it's zero-rated, but you need to pay a subscription.
0: Two U.S. dollars a month um, and only payable via EcoCash, which is, of course, Econet's uh, mobile money service. And so it gets government sign-off, but we should pay for it. And I say we because I'm Zimbabwean, but we should pay for it. And, And then there's a sort of walled garden within it, which... I suppose without paying for it, I don't know what's what's involved. They have said that there's going to be a lot of maths and science and, and literacy uh, material. Uh, they're starting with primary school material and later to secondary and stuff like that. But who's to say who else is going to get access to 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 these eyeballs and to this audience and all at a fee?
1: Yeah. Uh- <laughs> It's very suspect, and it's very s- interesting that it's Econet doing this. Uh, I mean, just a bit of history. I think everybody's aware how uh, the founder of Econet, Mr. Strive Masi- Masiyiwa, it has been vocal about anti-corruption and uh, how certain people get preference with uh, government deals in telco, etc. And that he's got this deal now through his company Econet, which gives him a favorable position with government, so and opens doors, as you say,
0: possibly for future things. I can see teachers all over Zimbabwe um, almost making this compulsory for their students to be, to to sign up for, um, and and this becoming a monthly, you know, a, a budgeted monthly item for for many households uh, across Zimbabwe. It's it's literally going to roll in the dough, and and then there's the net neutrality issue. where we don't trust Facebook to sort of create walled gardens, uh, do we trust our local governments, do we trust Econet? Do we give the, do they, do, must they play by a different rule book because they, they're homegrown? I don't know.
1: Interesting, the net neutrality, now that I remember. We all trusted BlackBerry and the telco zero rating BBM and BlackBerry email. But as soon as Facebook and all of them come on, we're up in arms.
0: Yeah, it's because we, um, you yeah, know, because we're just uh, two-faced that way. <laughs> <laughs> no true. Yeah, we're just double, double-sided and yeah, which is not real. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, that's an interesting one. Look, on one hand, I, I'm thinking of all the kids. This is going to help, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, let's not let's not rain on anyone's – not to rain on anyone's parade, but there are issues, and um, it's good to be honest about them. Now, listen, our final story um, and also the springboard for our discussion this week comes out of Kenya. Now, where does Kenyans want Uber out uh, more reports of intimidation and violence against Uber drivers have been reported, and their beef is certainly not over Uber's new logo.
1: Yeah, bloggers have joined together with the meter cabs, the tech meter taxis, and they're saying Uber must go. One of the reasons that they're foreigners, or Uber, well, which is we'll discuss it. They're saying Uber is a foreign company. Two, that Uber is cheaper, like I'm the customer, I'd love cheaper, and they're saying that Uber doesn't allow old cars on their network. Again, I'm the customer. I'd prefer a new car. On the- so it, it's quite, I find it ridiculous. Uh, I understand where they're coming from because their bread is literally being taken out their mouths in terms of Uber cars coming on board and literally providing a customer a better service and making customers question them. But they're coming with an interesting angle which none of the Uber drivers have complained about. They're saying Uber drivers are being used as slaves and they're being pushed to work hard for very little. But I haven't seen none of the Uber drivers in Kenya protesting with them, saying we want Uber to up their rate.
0: Uh, I believe uh, uh, the, the term economies of scale <laughs> might, might have something to do with it. also, um, at the heart of, of great tech is the ability to achieve more with, 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 and I, I'm paraphrasing something I heard somewhere. But really, this the ability to do more by working smart, I guess. And it, I, to me, that's how I see Uber. Uber's making it so that if you're a taxi driver, you can make a decent living um, with as little waste as possible, as little, uh, as little uh, loss to you in terms of wasted uh, potential. You know, driving to and fro looking for customers. Like I, I, I'm trying to figure out why you would hate on this. I really am. I, I'm having a hard time with this one.
1: No, if it affects your income, you are going to hate on it. I, I think that's the bottom line. But they're using all sorts of reasons to hate on Uber.
0: But why not join them is my thing. Like if you're a taxi driver out there, why not join them? The argument is they
1: can't afford new cars because Uber only takes, I think, maximum twenty-four months. Well, it has to be brand new. And as soon as it's I think it's I think it's a year and a half or two years old, it goes off off of the Uber network. You can't use it on Uber. Which is a customer experience thing. People don't want to be riding in old cars and paying premium. It doesn't make sense to me as a customer to go in a ten year old car and pay double the price when Uber brings me a new car and I pay half the price.
0: Now, in South Africa, there's, there's a huge legacy issue around the taxi industry. And by taxi industry, I'm not really talking about the meter cabs that we're talking about in terms of direct disruption that, that Uber is, is showing. But I'm talking about the, the minivans. Uh, mini and here in South Africa, they're just called t- uh, taxis. And because it's a historically black business that hasn't um, in many ways formally joined the, the, the mainstream economy, um, the, you know, the, there's a lot of resistance that comes from that front, if, from a nationalist point of view, in terms of try, you know, in terms of being forced into the formal economy. Lack of trust and other issues factor into that. But then there's the other issue where, um, over time, the investments in that sector, you know, depreciate and uh, become unroadworthy, and issues like that. And government is seen as needing to sort of get unroadworthy vehicles off the roads. And these men. And women who are involved in this industry turn around and say, we can't afford to do this. Um, And then government does its best to sort of offer finance or or, uh, finance or, or arrange finance in the case of South Africa with the banks and stuff like that so that these people can. Invariably, some people see that indirectly as slavery because they were free agents before they were forced to take on loans to get new cars and now they're part of a system and forced to get up in the morning to go work for a bank. Is that the kind of issues we're talking about? Is, that, is it as sophisticated as that in Kenya? Or is it literally just, um, I, I, liked, I liked it when I had a, a boss and, he fil- and, I, and I worked for him and he was Kenyan and, and these guys are American? Or is it as basic as that?
1: But even that, calling them foreigners and that they're American, who's driving the Uber cars? Who owns those Uber cabs? It's, it's Kenyans.
0: Let's be fair, though. Therefore, we sometimes take issue uh, with um, the sort of arrogance that we might see in foreign entities just rolling up. Even if they're here to do good or provide a useful service, one can't help but have a sort of um, our people first approach sometimes. Or at least a, a, a knee-jerk reaction to wanting us to do it for ourselves, you know? Um, I suppose you, you have to sort of weigh that alongside the greater good.
1: But how far do we stretch that argument of foreign-owned of or foreign-branded or foreign? Because then we can also argue that what brand car are they driving? Is it Kenyan-made is it Kenyan owned? How, you, how, how far do we stretch that argument?
0: Well, that's a very good question. Listen, Kenya, you guys need to be buying your neighbor, neighbor, your your, your friends there in Uganda. They've got a brand new solar powered bus. Drive those.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's it's a question of how do we how far do we stretch it. But I think it's a wake up call for all of us to say that let's not wait for Americans, for Europeans, for Asians to come up with an app or something like that. Let's, let's find new ways. Let's do it for ourselves and let's support our own. But at the same time, people creating new services or innovations mustn't expect support just because for support's sake, they must deliver quality as well.
0: But what about the marketing spin at play here or the lack thereof? Uber never goes into any they basically rock up into a country, we are who we are, flipping, we're amazing and we're going to revolutionize the industry. We're here for your good. You don't see it right now, but we know we are and you're going to get on to the bus later. That's the attitude, right? As opposed to Vodafone who roll up in here and They, you know, they, they learn the lingo and they call, and they call product, they create products, things like Mpesa. And then they go, Hey, we're homies. Hey, you guys made this. And, and of course, you know, Kenya just rejoices. Guys, it's the same thing.
1: Or as opposed to MTN, who goes everywhere and just defies the laws and doesn't pay fines, doesn't pay musicians, copyright licenses, dodges taxes.
0: Aish, it's rough. It's rough. And listen, we tried to leave MTN out of this, this week's episode. Thank you for dragging the poor guys back in. Yeah, if we are, now it's the royalties with the artists. Aish, I don't know. Listen, all, I, I suppose um, the, the, the question is, uh, should Uber leave Kenya? We put it to you, Kenya. Should Uber leave? Would you be happier, Kenya, if Uber left? Um, is the issue that they walked in and didn't call themselves? I don't know, jumbo jumbo taxis. I, I don't know. Would it would it have made a difference if they had incorporated a local entity and branded themselves and 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 and, and worn kaftans and 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 held hands with the locals in San Kumbaya? Would it have made a difference? Or is this just a matter of resistance for resistance sake? You tell us. Should Uber leave Kenya? Give us a shout on Twitter. At African Roundup is the handle. You can uh, give us a shout directly via email. Hello at africantechroundup.com. On Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash africantechroundup. And, of course, the easiest thing in the world is just to hop onto our website, africantechroundup.com, and leave us a comment there. We'd love to hear from you. So that's about it for today. But once again, today's episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by Audible. Now, they're offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, we recommended earlier and will recommend again a great book called How Google Works by Eric Schmidt, Jonathan Rosenberg, and Alan Eagle. The book is both fascinating and entertaining. It contains lessons that Google executive chairman and ex-CEO Eric Schmidt and former SVP of Products Jonathan Rosenberg both learned as they helped to build uh, not the world's biggest company, at least the second. Uh, The authors explain how technology has shifted the balance of power from companies to consumers, and that the only way to succeed in this ever-changing landscape is to create superior products and attract a new breed of multifaceted employees. Now, Uber's proving that too. They'll probably put a book out eventually, and we'll tell you all about it, and probably it will be available on Audible too. Now, you can get How Google works. Any other audiobook of your choice for free right now at audibletrial.com slash africantech. That's audibletrial.com slash africantech. Now, that's it for this week, man.
1: Yeah, it's been good. It's been a good episode. I'm just quickly calling my Uber.
0: Dude, that was Defa happy on his way to catch an Uber. No, how? Hey, Kenyans, the, the love for Uber is real this side. Um well, we're not going to hate but um you guys decide what you want to do this side uh, you know Diffus about to leave the building my name is Andy Limassou <laughs> Cheers cheers till next time
1: Cheers guys